0: The Secrets of Doctor Who is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network, and is made possible by our many generous supporters. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash donate. You're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, episode 128.
1: One day, I shall come back. That's it. i been renewed. As when a time Lord's body website out, he
0: I'm a time lord. I'm not a human being. I walk in eternity. Brave hearty.
1: Change, my dear. And it seems on a moment too soon.
0: I'm limited by spoting! Position. Wearing a bit thing. Fantastic. Three. Hell. Scottish.
2: I can complain about things. <laughs>
0: Should be fine. Hi, I'm Dom Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series, Doctor Who. And today we're discussing the first Doctor story, The Reign of Terror. And joining me today on the panel are Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. And Father Cory Stika. Hi, Father Cory. How's it going? Very well. And folks, I want a, a little advance notice. We're going to have some uh, listener feedback at the end, and I'm going to rely on the panel to remind me in case I forget Ooh. again <laughs> to, to do the feedback. <laughs> uh, but we have some very nice feedback from from you listeners, and I wanted to make sure I, I let you know that we're going to have that. Uh, and also, I want to remind you that if, if you're listening to this just like on online, like on our website, there is a better way to do it, and that is to subscribe to it. So download a podcast app to your phone or to your iPad, or even on your computer, you can get podcast apps and then subscribe to the show in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn. Some of the, some podcast apps let you subscribe directly from within those. Uh, or you can even subscribe on YouTube where you should hit the bell to make sure you get notifications. That way you'll always get the newest episodes. And it helps us. It gives us an idea of how many people are listening. Is, is this the sort of thing that people want to hear? I mean, if nobody's listening, we, if we can't tell if anybody's listening, you know why are we doing it i mean we'd probably still talk about doctor who cuz we enjoy it but exactly. you know what i mean we want it, we want to know that you're out there and that that's one way of doing that and it supports us it helps us it it really does so i just want to encourage you so this is the reign of terror it is we're still in the first season of doctor who with the first doctor it's the and end of
1: end of the first season
0: yes it's <laughs> the very last serial it's 6 episodes And it aired in uh, August and September of 1964. And the companions are still Ian, Barbara, and Susan. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the things that we should point out is first, the genre of this. We're still in the time period where Doctor Who was giving us pure historicals. This is a historical story from the French Revolution, July of 1794. And there are no aliens because no science fiction no well, magic
2: there, there are aliens the doctor and susan, susan. <laughs>
0: right apart yeah, from the, the only, Doctor and yeah. Susan. the only science
2: fictiony <laughs> aspect of this is the fact that these people can travel back in time to the french revolution or the reign That's of terror right. so I, right. it, it's not like modern who were well, let's have a you know historically based event and all of a sudden the daleks show up right right or
0: clockwork uh robots or uh a portal to another dimension and the, yep. That's what New Who does, has been doing. And and I've said it before when we talked about the second Doctor story, where, th- where they went to the Battle of Culloden, the Highlanders, uh, it was called. Uh, I think my favorite classic Who episodes from this era are the historicals. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of why that is. And I think part of it is because the science fiction of that era is so dated. Right. Hmm. You, you know, like the, the science fiction from the 60s is kind of dated, you know, that, that we see in the show. But this, this is history. It's not dated Correct. at all. It's just, it's just still a good story that doesn't take you out of it by having, you know, science fiction that's been disproven, oh, shall
2: we say. It's kind of interesting, too, because in this last season of New Who, the Jodie Whittaker season, there was at least one episode that was pretty close to a classic historical, although still they brought in the science fiction. I'm thinking the one with the partition of uh, Pacquiao. partition
0: of it. The, mm-hmm. Yeah, the partition of India went, yeah, it, it, but even it, then, like you said, it still had aliens.
2: Yeah, but that was yeah. about as close as they've come to a classic historical uh, story yeah. and that the, they have the,
1: any time a New Who. And the Rosa Parks episode, but Rosa then they, in that one, they had the future racist alien time traveler or future yeah. racist time traveler
0: guy.
2: So it'd be, yeah. it'd be interesting to see if maybe the, that's actually a movement to try to get back to something more like a historical I don't know. I would love it. It it would be nice. The most,
1: the latest of the pure historicals they did was in the fifth doctor, Peter Davison's time. It was called, it was two parter called Black Orchid. Mm -hmm. And, um, and that was really the last of the true historicals, but I'd love them to get back to it too, as long Mm -hmm. as they don't just use it as a vehicle for preaching.
0: Right. But I I do like the idea of like, this is the part of the DNA of Dr. Who. It was originally intended to be, we're going to teach kids about history and science uh, and, yeah. and, uh, admittedly, we're we're kind of far afield from science. Yeah. yeah,
1: but one one of my favorite historicals is from the first doctor's time. It's Marco Polo, which was mm. uh, a lengthy serial, and it was just I, I so wish I, I hope they do a recon uh, video reconstruction of it. Um, you know, an animation, right? Because the photos from the sets are gorgeous, and I've heard the story, and it's just a really really great adventure of just they get wrapped up in. In Mm -hmm. Marco Polo and Genghis Khan and everything, and the doctor is like having has this really fascinating relationship with Genghis Khan, and uh, (laughs) it's just very interesting. The Aztecs was another one that was a pure historical that was very dramatic.
0: Yes, and very good, very well done. I mean, I really enjoyed these. Uh, So, one thing uh, you mentioned, Jimmy, is is another thing we should mention, which is, is this story is not available in its original form it's the, not it's entirely six, mostly not entirely yeah it's six episodes but episodes four and five are missing and this goes back to the fact that back in the day they they bbc did not save the tapes they did not save the well they weren't even tapes where they were reel-to-reels uh, basically a you know, film they didn't save the films of doctor who episodes many of them in the first and second doctor's time and and there was a period of time when, when many fewer of them were available, and mm-hmm. some of those have been recovered from around the world. We There's a really great video that Jimmy uh, pointed us to, which is like an hour and a half long, I think it was, talking about all of the missing Doctor Who out there, where it might be, where it could be, mm-hmm. where we might see it in the future. I, 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 I'm i going to spring this on you guys now, but I, maybe we should do an episode where we talk about that video, just mm. the missing Doctor Who. Sure. I think that'd be an interesting little deviation from our usual uh, discussion.
1: We yeah, could absolutely. also, since we've mentioned that video, we should put a link to it in the show notes so people can I watch will. it for themselves.
2: And, they, and they, he, I, if it's the video that you're talking about or that I'm thinking of, um, he actually did it kind of as a serial format and then com- right. connected them in. Yeah. The, yes. the, I've watched about half of his, his serials and it's very well done because it shows where did these videos go? Cause what happened was, they aired it in the BBC on the BBC and then they sold it to or leased it to like Australia and India, Singap- and Singapore, Singapore, Nigeria. United States, you know, yeah. all, all the English countries. Yeah. You know, and then when it was done, it was supposed to come back to the BBC and be destroyed. Well, sometimes it never did get back. Sometimes people took it to their private collection, things like that. And that's where they're finding them now, where they'll find this vault in a, you know, Australian TV studio somewhere. Oh there's you know 3 episodes of Doctor Who sitting here.
0: Right. Well in fact with this one they the episodes 4 and 5 they have all the rest from Cyprus but the mm-hmm. the reels with 4 and 5 on it were destroyed when the building they were being saved in was hit by an explosive during the the Cyprus mm. civil war between Greece and Turkey. I mean it just uh, there's it, history all over the Doctor oh, Who yeah. you know. Just the, the, as long as the span of it is.
1: But the nice thing is they've reconstructed those with professional animation. Yes. yes. So, well, so if you buy the DVD of The Reign of Terror, you get to watch the whole story. It's just a couple of the episodes are animated, but they use the original soundtrack.
0: Yep. Now, as far as I could tell, the animation was not available streaming online. So I listened to this via ah. an audible soundtrack with linking narration by Caroline Ford, who plays Susan. Ooh. Right in the episode. And there's a nice little bit at the end, an interview with Carol Ann Ford, which might be on the DVD, I bet. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Where she talks about this episode and, and being on the on the show, uh, which was a, l- a little bit of fun, but mm-hmm. uh, I'll put a link to the Audible and yeah. to the DVD in mm. the show notes.
1: We we should mention that. F- so the, we have even th- so the good news is they've recovered about half of the missing episodes or at least half yep. of the missing episodes for the ones they haven't recovered. We have audio for all of them because fans yes. use their reel to reel recorders off the air. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have audio for everything. And then there are various reconstructions either based on on photographs that were taken off the television, what are called tele snaps, or you have audio versions with linking narration, like by the original actors like Caroline Ford Mm -hmm. in this case. And in some cases, they've done the BBC has commissioned professional animations. Right. Uh, to, for reconstruction and that's what you get if you buy the dvd of this so i saw it on the right. dvd and so i got to see the additional animated right. stuff
0: i i do wish i'd seen it that way because i i saw a few there are a few clips from the show available uh online so i was able to see the doctor's grandiose costume that he wears at one point and yeah. some of the different actors <laughs> so it was nice to be able to see some of that but i wish i I'd, I'd had that access to that to see more of it, but I'm I'm glad we have a variety of experiences uh, experience you know mm-hmm. the, with this show the episode, so we can have talk about our differences. So let's <laughs> let's jump into the discussion then and talk about it. So the the as it starts, this episode starts. The Doctor is still mad at Ian and Barbara from the Sensorites episode. That was the one that usually mm-hmm. preceded this, uh, and and he's ready to just kick them off the TARDIS. He's taking them back to England. He lands. He says, "Okay, we're back. Get out."
2: And yeah. Like, doesn't even Ian look. Ian like,
0: yeah, it <laughs> yeah, doesn't even look. Doesn't check. Ian's like, hey, are you sure we're actually where we are? Because you said this yeah. before,
1: right? And in fact, he almost stranded them in in uh, Marco in the Marco Polo episode. And so here, he almost strands them, not realizing they're not in England in in the 1960s. They're in 17th century or well, 18th was, century France.
2: Closer in both time and space this time. Yeah. yeah. And same planet.
1: <laughs> yeah. And S- Susan, of course, is distraught at their leaving, but they're okay with leaving. Um, bec- and I- Ian even points out the longer we let it go to leave, the harder it's going to be. We, you know, we never intended to travel all this time and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. The doctor's just very indifferent to them, wants them to kind of split. Um, in fact, uh, in hindsight, now the viewers didn't know this at the time, but Ian and Barbara are only halfway through their run. So yeah. they're. they're yep. They're going to be here all next season, too. So, like, another another 40 episodes.
0: Apparently, Ian ticked off the Doctor when he said of the sensorites, uh, the Earth spaceship crew, at least they know where they're going. And the Doctor took exception to that slur on his ability to navigate the TARDIS.
2: Which he doesn't <laughs> know how to do, so... <laughs> Which
0: is, <it> was entirely <laughs> accurate. Uh, but I, I like the fact that the, Ian sort of uh, paves over, you know, he soothes the Doctor's ego by saying, well... Leo, let's let's have a drink to before we leave.
1: Ian <laughs> totally manipulates the doctor so that they don't get stranded. That was... <laughs> yes.
0: So they've landed in the in the countryside. Uh, there's no they they notice that there's no lights. There's no electric light, and uh, there's a farm, and they find a boy who tol- tells them that they're actually in France near Paris. Now they still don't know that they're in the 18th century. Right. They, mm-hmm. they but but they realize okay, well at least we're in the yeah. vicinity of England.
1: But they they go to the farmhouse and they find a chest that has 18th century dresses in it. And so that tells Barbara, the historian, something. And then they find passes that are signed, you know, travel documents that have have blank names for the recipients, but are signed by Robespierre. And for people who don't know, Robespierre was a French uh, political figure. He was a member of the ironically named Committee for Public Safety. And (laughs) the president of the national convention, and he's currently the first deputy of the national convention. So he's basically in charge of France, and he's the one running the Reign of Terror.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, Yes.
1: So this the Reign of
0: Terror. Yeah, was just to kind of to point out as well was following the Revolution when they guillotined the nobles. They kept going because you know once you once you've started seeing enemies everywhere, then you start to find enemies everywhere, which comes up in this episode. Yeah, and so people are being. Turned out, at the drop of a hat, uh, mm-hmm. they're being accused of being royalists, and, and you know, get you know, let's get rid of my enemy by accusing them of something. And, and so this is literally a, a time of terror for people. Yeah.
1: And, and you just think about the name. I mean, we use the phrase reign of terror without really thinking about it. It's kind of become shopworn. But mm-hmm. think about what it meant when it was coined. A reign is what a king has. King's right. reign. But this isn't the reign of a king. Terror itself is reigning in this period yeah. of
2: history. Terror is in control. It's a very, yes. very brutal period of history, both, both for Catholics and for those who were just happened to be crossed the wrong person at the wrong time. Yeah. Yes. You know, oh, Greece, the Priests, religious the, were were killed. If you've heard what is the uh, the the Vendee? Well, I was thinking like the the Carmelites. The the story of the Carmelites that were
0: was it the the martyrs of campaign the yeah. Campania? Yeah, and in fact, the Vendée was a was a a genocide against uh, Catholics of a particular region. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it was a horrible, horrible time, and people were being killed. And as we see in this story, people are being carted off to the Madame Guillotine every day. Uh, they, they, we have found the most efficient means of mass murderer at the time was the Guillotine, mass and, execution. Uh, yes, yeah, mass execution, and so where where they're guillotining people left and right. And that's the, the time period that they've dropped themselves in. And yeah. they find themselves at a safe house on an essentially what turns out to be an underground railroad of sorts yeah. to get people out of France.
1: Also, since we're in July 1794, although they don't know that at the time, this is the month Robespierre falls. So they're yes. right at the end of, of <laughs> Robespierre's reign. Um,
0: and which interestingly, was only about a year, uh, uh, which I thought was interesting. What's that? He was only in, he was only in power uh, as as in charge for about a year. It wasn't yeah. it wasn't a long period. Yeah.
1: Also, interestingly, Susan says when once Barbara realizes they're in the Reign of Terror, and, and Barbara's kind of like, "Let's get out of here," and Susan's, like, "I don't know if the Doctor's going to want to do that." The Reign of Terror is his favorite period in Earth history.
2: <laughs> wow, that says a lot <laughs> yeah. about the Doctor.
0: <laughs> that is not a good. <laughs> That's not a good sign about the doctor. Yeah, uh, so they're uh, they're confronted there by two men, who say, uh, "If we're to escape from France, we must have faith. If all people are are incapable of our trust, we shall take the terror with us." So they encounter them. One of the men wants to shoot the companions. The yeah. doctor is like is off screen. He's up. He, they have uh, knocked
1: him out. He's, That's right. They knocked, knocked him unconscious. Him
0: out. Yeah, and so they've confronted them, and one of the guys wants to shoot the 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 Ian and Barbara and Susan dark and the other guy yes, and the other guy is, says, "No, no, uh, let's find out you know what's going on, and he That's says, you know Rouvre. yes, and he says, mm-hmm. uh we have to have faith in humanity, we can't just you know continue to lack trust in people, we have to begin to trust people, or we will take the terror with us when we go and I thought that was a very interesting insight, you know, a little human moment here but when we leave, we have to also leave behind." the attitude of the terror where we suspect everyone. Mm -hmm.
1: Unfortunately, soldiers who suspect them then show up. And uh, Darjinson is so terrified that he, and he's clearly losing it. He's so terrified rather than be quiet and hide. He he decides to end his anxiety by just walking out and confronting the soldiers, expecting to die. And Rouvray follows him out and tries to talk their way out of it. Um, by, uh, I guess, appealing to the sympathies of the ordinary soldiers, but nope, they get shot.
0: He acts like he's someone who had authority. He used to have authority and he, and he, they, they begin to follow his orders at first, but then he insults them by calling them peasants. So they kill them in Dargensen.
1: Yeah. And and then they take the captive's companion, and they're about to shoot them, too. So Ian, Barbara, and Susan are all captive. The doctor's unconscious, you know, right. upstairs. But mm-hmm. uh, they take the, the companion's captive. They're about to shoot them. But then they decide, no, if we kill him here, we won't get credit for capturing them. So we better take him back to Paris so the magistrate can see them and sentence them to the guillotine.
0: Right. But then the soldiers burn the house with the doctor locked in a room. Yeah, Uh, And we are left, oh, what's going to happen to the doctor? Well, that boy comes back, he lets the doctor out, and so the doctor has to make his way to uh, Paris Paris to Mm -hmm. to get them out. Now, meanwhile, in Paris, the companions are put on trial in one of those kangaroo courts where their guilt has already been predetermined. Apparently, it's a Cardassian court. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Their guilt is predetermined, and they're just being sentenced to the guillotine. Uh,
1: The charge is being in the company of traitors because they were found with the royalists.
0: Yes uh they're sent to the prison the conciergerie which sounds like a nice a concierge isn't that a, a yeah. the guy who helps you at the hotel the,
1: the well, conciergerie no. in french the conciergerie is the place where the concierge
2: stays <laughs> yes. so it's yeah. like he's there to help you well it's, they've got room service after all the their slop is delivered right to their cells
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right so the uh, jailer makes a lecherous offer to barbara in exchange for letting her go and she, she gives him slaps him she gives him a good one upside the head, which is good for Barbara. Then Ian <laughs> is uh, separated from Barbara and Susan, of course, and put in another cell where he's with a mortally wounded man named Webster. Who's a brat. some bread? Important uh, points in the in the plot. Who tells him that after the terror, that France will turn its attention to England? He knows this. Uh, you know, this is the sort of like everyone knows that once things settle down here, the p- people who are left to charge will then look outward and start to menace their neighbors. And he wants to, f- him in, in to like find the
1: Napoleonic Wars, only that he doesn't know about mm-hmm. Napoleon yet. Exactly. Yes.
0: Uh, foreshadowing. And so he, he tells Ian, <laughs> I, you know, he knows he's about to die. So he tells Ian, I want you to find a man whose information will be important to saving England named James Sterling, and that he'll be found at, with so named Jules Renan at the Le Chien Gris, the, the, the gray the, dog. The,
1: the sign of Le Chien Gris, which literally yeah. means the gray hound. But yeah.
0: it it's and I was fascinated by this.
1: It's not just a greyhound. It's not what we think of as a greyhound. It's something right. called the Grey St. Louis hound. And it's now ex- it's a breed that is now extinct. But it oh, exists wow. it existed at the time of the of this story. And then after the after the French Revolution, it got interbred with other dog breeds and mm. we no longer have uh She and dogs but they did then interesting Interesting. yeah they're a handsome looking dog yeah by the way it's what they're referring to when they say at the sign of le chien gris um at the time they didn't have modern street addresses and a lot of people couldn't read them anyway if they did and so what they would do is they'd post signs of something recognizable at in front of different businesses So, like, that's why you have the Green Dragon Tavern or the Red Lion Hotel or things like that. So you'd tell people, go to the sign of the Red Lion, and you'd look for a sign that looked like that, and that would be where you were going. And so the sign of Le Chiengri is you're going to go look for a sign depicting this dog, and that's the hotel where you're going to find James Sterling and tell him you need to get back to England to tell him about these wars. Right.
0: Uh, now, uh, the doctor, meanwhile, is making his way uh, by foot to Paris, which they, they, I think they said it was like a dozen kilometers from the city where they started off. Actually, mm-hmm. they
1: said four. But then later, the doctor is seen sitting on a road sign that says five kilometers. So he's actually moved away from Paris. <laughs>
0: he's gone in the wrong direction. <laughs> that might be intentional. That would be funny. He still can't find his way even without the TARDIS. Exactly. So uh, we have doctor separation, by the way. That's one of our key aspects of uh, Doctor Who plot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and but he encounters this road gang of uh tax dodgers who are being forced to work on the on the road under this overseer and of course the doctor's smart mouth gets him in trouble he he mouths yep. off to the overseer and uh what is it the work would go a lot faster if you'd stop yelling at them and start helping uh fix the road with them and then the guy says well where's where are your papers why don't you <laughs> yeah, exactly where are your papers prove that you're not a tax dodger which is you know nice so the doctor ends up on the roadside gang uh, <laughs> Uh, he later on will uh, trick the the overseer uh, into letting into letting him get the the uh, the drop on him. I, I by... do like the,
2: I do like the way he tricked him. I thought that was pretty clever, where he was able to smuggle he some coins. Some of in. his coins,
0: yeah. Well, he, the the overseer is counting his his loot in his bag, yep. and the doctor is, uh, tries to get him to look up at it at eclipse, which is you know not really happening. And while he's doing that, he takes some money from him. He picks his pocket. Yeah, yep. And then drops it on the ground and pretends to dig it up and say, there must be a treasure buried here. And the overseer is like, really? Where? And that's when the doctor clocks him with a, with a shovel. Well, he
2: he plays off his greed because all of a sudden he's like, oh, I want all the treasure now. I'm going to, you know, you get out of the way. I'm going to dig up this treasure. Smack.
0: Yes. <laughs> uh, now, back in the conciergerie, Ian attracts the attention of the, uh, the interrogator, the chief interrogator for Robespierre. His name is Lemaitre, who who, and uh, he's
1: also James Sterling, who was to be recognized by sight by by the guy who died. Why didn't he recognize him if he's the chief interrogator of the jail?
0: Yes, yeah, that was spoilers, by the way. But yes, (laughs) I'm just kidding. Yeah, but yes, it it will turn out that this is Sterling. Yeah, there's a there's a bit of a little bit of hole here that maybe Webster was was wounded and imprisoned before Lemaitre could see him.
2: That's nah, that's kind of I mean,
0: what I was thinking. But
1: we we can headcanon it any number of yeah. ways, but they didn't explain it on screen. No,
0: but uh, but apparently Lemaitre recognizes Webster because he's trying to figure out if yeah. Webster was his contact, I think. And so
1: and that puts him on to maybe he gave a message to Ian. But exactly. because Ian yes. thinks he's a French official, he doesn't trust him and won't tell him the message or even admit there is one.
0: He does take Ian off the execution list, uh, but uh, Barbara and Susan are not so lucky. Yeah. And then, by, by the way, there's a moment where
1: Bar, so Barbara and Susan have been trying to tunnel their way out of their cell with a crowbar, right? But then they, which doesn't really go anywhere. They never get out that way. But, um, but there's a moment where Susan goes back to start digging with the crowbar again, and there are rats, and and Susan literally jumps up on the bed and screams because yeah. of the rats and it's like wow that really happened on television
0: back then women would jump up on things and scream at rats <laughs> yeah i let a rat run in my house you'll see that happen that's for sure i had a rat run by my my slider of my back door last year and you should have seen the screeching and the jumping um but then <laughs> but then i got off and i t- closed the door but uh <laughs> so uh that actually i had to speaking of susan she does at this point she goes into one of her whining spells that she mm-hmm. has every once in a while and then when barbara's trying to save them from the guillotine oh my back hurts oh well your your neck will hurt if you don't get going like it's just she's whining meanwhile barbara's trying to stop them from you know dying via the guillotine and she's whining about having to yeah. dig and she it's has just, yeah. she has
1: a meltdown and she does it later when they're on the verge of escaping and she has another meltdown that stops them from escaping And this is the kind of writing that Carol Ann Ford hated and caused her to leave the series because she felt like she was being infantilized as a character instead of exploring her character's possibilities. She really liked the previous story, The Sensorites, because in that one, she got psychic power and psychic powers and got to display agency that moved the Mm -hmm.
0: plot forward. But here she's reduced to being a a whiny teenager.
2: Exactly.
0: yeah, In fact, she talks about that in that extra I was saying on the Audible. She talks about this was one of the, you know, when she was thinking about leaving. And then after this, they convinced her to stick around for longer. Uh, but yeah, that's that was, she, although she does like this episode, uh, not least because of the, the dresses that they got to wear, uh, the 18th century dresses. She does say that. So the jailer, meanwhile, looks like an idiot because he lets Ian take his jail key, he Leaves least accidentally leaves the key in the lock and walks away. Uh, and we think what this jailer is like the worst jailer ever well we'll find out later that this was arranged
1: yeah he's also yep. an alcoholic so you know yeah. he's not functioning on all cylinders
0: yeah this is not an efficiently functioning bureaucracy right now in the uh, the reign of terror but they they're uh, they're taken away in the uh the cart uh which has a the tumbrel uh it's called it's a very specific kind of cart and you've seen them if you've ever seen any mm-hmm. set in this time period uh but they're the type of cart uh, never mind it doesn't really matter but they're t- they're carried away in this cart, and meanwhile, laying in wait are uh, Barbara and Jules- Susan. Are yeah, I'm sorry, Barbara and Susan are Ian still in jail? Jules Renan and Jean is uh, are uh, laying in wait to rescue whoever's being taken via the cart to the guillotine. And and it's
1: really kind of striking. They've apparently done this before. They've been raiding these. Uh, that's how uh, the two previous guys, uh, yeah,
0: Rouvere and d'artagnan Dar- or whatever yeah <laughs> they, they got that's
1: how they got away is they were rescued in the same way so jules and and jacques uh or jean apparently are just do-gooders who are ambushing um at great risk to themselves ambushing uh execution trains to uh to rescue innocent people they don't even know
0: right, right. yeah it's it, in fact, yeah because when you think about it this is a time period where all weapons were single shot so mm-hmm. you know there are two guys and you're going to get two shots against whoever. So unless you're carrying extra pistols, which some people sometimes did, you're outnumbered pretty quickly. And so mm-hmm. it's a it's a dicey proposition here. Um so yeah, getting the drop on them is is not easy. But they take they take the uh, Barbara and Susan off to a safe house with them where they meet uh yeah, Jules' which is sister
1: Jules, Jules's own house.
0: Yes, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a, you're right, you're right. And uh, they meet Danielle who doesn't get a lot to do in this episode, uh, I she have to say. She gets to wear a dress. She does, yes. <laughs> she, is, she is a uh, Parisian woman of the era. Ian, uh, meanwhile, escapes uh, because he has the key, the jailer's key, uh, except we find out that Lemaitre arranged for him to get away, which reminded me of Tarkin allowing the Millennium Falcon to get away from the Death Star so mm-hmm. he could follow it to his base.
1: And mm-hmm. that's that's why Lemaitre is doing it, so he can find out if Ian really does have a message for James Sterling.
0: That's right. right. So everything comes back to Star Wars, by the yeah. way.
1: By the way, notice how everyone in this is referring to each other as citizen, yes. um, which is not the way we talk today. But it's a, what that is is it's a stab at their previous culture, which was aristocratic. And right. so you'd have lords and ladies and kings and stuff. And this is like, OK, no, all that's gone. We're all equal now. We're all
2: just citizens.
0: Except some of the pigs are more equal.
2: And you will be punished if you do not recognize the equality of everyone. Right. It was a it was a forced it was a forced language change, shall we say.
0: Well, we see it come out, though. Sometimes some are some citizens are more equal than others, mm. uh, which is something that comes out oftentimes in these. We see that later in the Soviet Union where animal some farm, comrades,
2: yep. animal farm, yep.
0: animal farm. Uh one of the other things we notice is the soldiers sometimes sort of push back at the officers uh, over over them like hey look we're all citizens so you're going to order me to do something but i'm only going to do it if i want to mm-hmm. and we saw that in the beginning when they were taken prisoner and we see that a couple times so that it shows the flaw in the system of a, of a completely flat hierarchy system
1: It's like in HMS Pinafore when, uh, you know, you have the the captain of the of the Pinafore and the visiting admiral demands that he issue each one of his orders to the sailors following it with, if you please.
2: (laughs) That's not going to work well. Well, it's interesting, too. You watch this, that even though there was supposedly was a flat system, a hierarchy naturally developed. Yeah, it always it always does. There's always going to be someone in charge. There's always going to be superiors and inferiors. And it's just, that's a natural consequence a natural of human, human nature. nature. Yeah.
1: yeah. But you want the guy in charge to be a really good one, like Captain Pike, not yeah, Captain exactly. Lorca.
0: Yeah, not Lorca. Exactly. Right. Different show, uh, but yes. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, ha- I have a note here where I say, what is it with Susan's constant headaches in this first season? Like, she's constantly getting these like terrible headaches that makes her sick, and she has to go lie down and go see a doctor. And in this one... She gets a headache that turns into a fever that ends up ge- almost getting them captured because they have to take to her doctor, which who's, who turns them in eventually. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it, I just, it's sort of the, uh, the writing we were just talking about of this character. Yeah, this, well, it's, yeah. it's,
2: it's a way to ramp up the drama, because if they had cut that whole section out, they could have cut out one whole episode, basically.
1: Yeah. I, I right. wondered if if uh, Carolyn Ford also had vacation in this serial because that's often they'd knock some they'd use illness or imprisonment as a way of knocking someone out of the plot for a episode or two so they could get Mm -hmm. a week's vacation right but it's also a way of just stretching out the serial so it can fill six parts so they don't have to spend the money on new sets earlier
0: that's true that's true so meanwhile the doctor finally gets to paris he shows up uh he realizes he can't walk to the conciergerie Wearing his 1960s era clothing, or whatever oh, it is, whatever it is, it's not- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> whatever you want to describe it, but it's certainly not uh, 18th century Paris. So he goes to a tailor and uh, barter[s] in exchange for a uniform worn by a provincial uh, deputy for the the, mm-hmm. the the government, the new government, and then tries to bluff his way into jail, into the jail, to get Ian and Barbara and Susan out ends up meeting Lemaitre and being taken off to to report on his southern province that he's the deputy of to Robespierre himself. Uh, yep, yep. And, and we meet Robespierre, the tyrant of France.
1: It, it, one thing to note about, so the doctor's new costume that he's wearing is not just, it, it's a period costume and he's got this big French, you know, blue, white, and red sash that he's mm-hmm. wearing. Um, and he's got a, a, a fancy hat. But what's fancy about the hat is it's got these huge, ridiculous ostrich plumes, and it's like nobody else is wearing a hat like this. So this is yeah. just the doctor being flamboyant here. Exactly. Uh, I, have,
0: I use this as the episode art for this episode, so you'll see that on, uh-huh. our, on our, our episode <laughs> it art for this. It's pretty impressive. It is an impressive costume. Yeah. So uh, the so the d thinks that the doctor is the head of his southern province because he doesn't know what the head of the deputy from the southern province looks like. I guess, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. and he. He says, I don't think the, the South is doing enough to root out enemies, and the doctor says, well, maybe it's because we have fewer enemies there
1: yeah. to root <laughs> <Yeah>. out, which <laughs> maybe, I think is a really maybe, nice commentary. Maybe Paris could take a could take a hint from us. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and and what's, what's interesting here is the doctor comes perilously close to trying to change history. I mean, you can argue mm-hmm. that's what he's doing, because yes. he tries to talk Robespierre out of the reign of terror. And going easier on people, and and the and it, this is a very interesting moment dramatically because Robespierre is not played as a straightforward villain. Mm-hmm. Lemaitre is kind of alarmed when the doctor starts giving advice to Robespierre, right? But Robespierre takes it seriously, and it's like, yes, right. I know. I, I'm he, he explains he doesn't use this term, but he explains basically, I'm in a double bind. I don't know what to do if I start being lenient now. It's mm-hmm. going to cause problems, but I also know that the fact I'm doing this is also causing problems and is is stirring up new enemies. The fact that I'm executing them, but what am I supposed to do? He's like a guy that's got a wolf by both ears and yep. doesn't. He's afraid to let go because of what's going to happen. So that's even, a great image. Even ropes <laughs> yeah. here is uh, is is you know
0: torn by what's going on here. So he's not just a flat villain. No, it comes out again in this one because it, it, later on they'll refer back to the Aztecs, which is they can't change history. So I'm not sure what the doctor is, if he's just amusing himself with Robespierre here just to have an argument that isn't going to change anything.
2: Yeah, that, that's that's a good way to think of it where he's, he's just kind of having fun at the – because, of course, this is his favorite time of history, so he's got to have fun right. with it apparently. I don't know.
0: I think he's also distracting Robespierre from – trying to look at him as this you know get deeper into whether he's actually a deputy from the southern province uh so who knows but uh but it's a it's a, it's an interesting scene yeah. in audible format uh, when I listen to it so and, I, I, and
1: and they weren't really consistent and they've never really been consistent about you know changing history it's yeah. yes and no and so they had the aztecs a really big we must not try to change history maybe even can't message and here they're just going softer with it
0: Right, right. Although they do, like I said, the, the Barbara does bring it up later that in the Aztecs, they could not change history. So we'll get fixed point in time much later in Doctor Who <laughs> yeah, canon, yeah. but for now, this is what a similar thing. So uh meanwhile, back, back at the ranch, back at the ranch,
1: uh, Leon,
0: yeah, Leon Colbert
1: has shown up and he's yes. an associate of, of Jules. And he instantly has eyes for Barbara and Barbara instantly has eyes for him. And Susan notices it, even though she's sick. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's it like, it, you it, like him, don't you?
0: <laughs> it is an interesting bit of a uh, character moment for Barbara here, uh, because, you know, we we have this feeling in other episodes that maybe Ian and Barbara are, could be an item, yeah. but it doesn't really go anywhere. But there's this ability for Barbara to kind of. Barbara is not, the, this is not the first time Barbara has connected with somebody on one of these journeys. Uh, so it's it's interesting to see that. Whereas Ian has not. I don't think we've seen no. that where Ian has not. Not really. So uh, Ian, meanwhile, speaking of Ian, is, uh, he's out wandering around near the Chiangri sign. And Jules hears that someone's looking for him there. And so he, Jules and Jean go out and they, they kidnap what? him. They kidnap him. They bop him over yeah. the head and haul him back. Uh, unconscious to the house.
2: There's a lot, a lot of people getting getting smacked over the head in this thing. I mean, <laughs>
0: yes, you know. there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of concussions in this episode. Uh, so uh, they they get him back there where Barbara will recognize him, and we'll 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 get back to that. But uh, the, meanwhile, the doctor is back into the prison with Lametra, where he's detained uh, because there's a tailor who's waiting. That tailor that he got the the uniform from mm-hmm. is waiting to give up the doctor as a fraud. Uh, he's not yeah. really he he just bought this from me and I want to turn part, him in
1: part of the way he's able to do that is part of the bargain part of what the doctor bartered with was his original set of clothes and his ring. Yeah. Mm. And so the tailor has like brought the clothes and the ring to Lemaître as evidence. that This guy's weird. This is what he gave me in exchange for the provincial uniform and uh and 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 he also is like by the way can i get that back because you know i need to sell it and he's <laughs> like
0: nope this is going to be evidence yeah. yes so the tailor is out <laughs> his uh uniform and the payment yeah but lemaitre uh,
1: gives him some money to compensate him for them
0: that's true uh so the uh it turns out so leon is going to take ian to where barbara and susan are he says uh isn't it is, or is that where he's taking him i forget where he's taking him he's taking ian for a meeting Somewhere, right? So, so the idea
1: is that Ian is going to go meet Leon at a disused church, right? And mm-hmm. like debrief him and hope he he gets information about where James Sterling is because nobody, even though Ian was told go find Jules Renan and he'll know about James Sterling, he doesn't. Right. right. So he says, "I don't know who this James Sterling guy is, but maybe Leon does. He's got lots of connections."
0: That's correct. That's right. That's right. Well, it turns out that Leon is a traitor. He's actually a counter-counter-revolutionary. He's and,
1: the traitor that has been betraying people on their underground railroad to death, like right. the two guys we saw get shot in episode yep. one.
0: Rouvre and D'Artagnan. Uh, I always yeah. get that wrong. <laughs> I forget what yeah. his name is. So, uh, so they are, yeah, D'Artagnan. thank you. uh So Barbara and Susan, everybody keeps ending up back in the prison. I just found that kind of funny how everybody yeah. kept, kept getting re- re-imprisoned. This mm-hmm. prison has a revolving door, apparently. And so they're back in the prison, and the doctor has another plan to escape from the prison. And she objects to his plan, and he says, Don't argue. You know my plans always work perfectly, right? <laughs> <laughs> sure, doctor. Sure. But Barbara does escape, but he can't get Susan out. And meanwhile, Ian is rescued from Lyon by Jules. who They end up killing Lyon. Uh, that'll come back. Uh, although yep. it, Barbara gets, is a little upset at first, but that kind of she kind of smooths over fairly quickly once they tell her no no yeah. he was the the traitor
1: he was so well first let's mention how he, susan and barbara get back in prison they go to see the physician to treat right. susan and he looks at susan and says this isn't a big deal she'll be okay but i need to go get some leeches for bloodletting and, <laughs> yeah and, susan does and, not
0: like that idea <laughs> right
1: but the physician then steps outside and locks locks Susan and Barbara in while he goes to the concierge and says, I've got these people and you want to come arrest them. And so they do. I, also, I noticed they kept referring to him as physician. Yes. Not doctor. Mm-hmm. Be, and I assume the reason they did that was to avoid audio confusion on the part of the right. children in the audience of, are, is he supposed to be the doctor
0: or something? And so they just always kept using yeah. the word physician instead of doctor. Sure, that's true. Although the, the medical doctors weren't always weren't necessarily called doctor in right. regular conversation too. And so and it there, works. There there could be a
1: historical explanation like that, but I, I assumed yeah. it was for production reasons.
0: Yes, yeah. And
1: and then when he, when uh, they get Barbara gets out of the prison because um Lemaitre arranges for her to be let go. he's Susan is still in prison, but he gets Barbara out. She goes back to uh Jules's house, and that's where she and Jules and Ian come in and tell her that Leon has been killed. And he was a bad guy, and that's mm-hmm. why they had to kill him. And at this point Barbara throws a tantrum. And yes. she's and it's clear that she, I mean, it, it's clear in the subtext this is partly because she liked liked
2: right. Leon.
1: <laughs> Yes. But it's also uh, wrapped up in her knowledge of history as a teacher. Um, she, uh, Because it, it, in the disused church before Leon got killed, he made this patriotic speech about what France – you know what France was like before. What I'm doing is right. You know, I'm, we're, we're, we're improving things here in France. It's not like the days of the corrupt monarchy when we were all at the mercy of you know the royals mm-hmm. and so forth. And he he gets to make this patriotic speech that it shows he's not all bad. He's just on the other side. And that's what comes out in Barbara's speech, too. She uh, she tells uh, Ian he was a traitor to you. To his side, he was a patriot. And she Mm. says the revolution isn't all bad. Neither are the people who support it. It's changed things for the whole world. And good, honest people gave their lives for that change. And then Ian says, "Well, he got what he deserved." And Barbara says, "You check your history books before you decide what people deserve."
0: That's a, a Gandalf <laughs> moment there for uh, for Barbara. Yeah, <laughs> uh, where mm-hmm. where he tells uh, Frodo the there are many who deserve punishment, but uh, who who are you to decide who that is? And I did I did think that it was a very nuanced approach to mm-hmm. looking at history. That that you know history is not just all the good guys versus the bad guys, that there is good and there's bad, and sometimes within the same person. And there are good things that came out of the revolution, in addition to all the bad that we're seeing. I mean, it is called the reign of terror for Mm -hmm. a reason, but but that there was good. And the same thing goes with, you know, the American revolution. There was plenty of good that we might say came out of the revolution, but there were also bad things that happened. People who were, you know, uh, abused or injured or killed or unjustly and. And yeah. you know what we might call war crimes today well, it's, occurred it's, in the midst of it,
2: and it's it's a it's it's a good warning that you know you could have the right motive, you could have the right cause, but go about it the completely wrong way that ends up hurting right. more people than it it helps, right? You know, and it it's that you you can be a zealous soldier for a good cause and still do atrocities.
0: So uh, Jules explains that he's fighting against the revolution, not because he's an aristocrat, but because of the anarchy and the lack of loyalty and honor. I thought that was an interesting Mm -hmm. way he defined it. He says, there are only two sides today, Barbara, those who rule by fear and treachery and those who fight for reason and justice. Anyone who betrays these principles is worse than the devil in hell, he says. And and then by putting it in that way, Robespierre is as bad as the corrupt monarchy. And right. then the, those those who are the true revolutionaries oppose both the bad monarchy and the the reign of terror and and I I, I really like that that yeah. nuance that they get at here.
1: Yeah, he says he's neither on the side of the royalists or on the side of the peasants. He's in between.
0: Right, right. Uh, then we we get this reveal: the uh, Maitre shows up alone without soldiers and reveals that he is in fact James Sterling, and he needs Ian and Barbara uh, because he needs to find out. Who is being groomed to take over after Robespierre? Robespierre, especially in history, this happened on this date. Robespierre is, is overthrown. He's arrested by, the, by the, the, the deputies, the body of deputies. Mm-hmm. And the, this will end the reign of terror. And Now, there's, a, some,
1: there's something interesting at this point, which is how could an Englishman like James Sterling become this high French official? Right. Apparently, and this is glossed over by the TARDIS translation circuit, we will later learn. <laughs> apparently, he's, he's not only speaks French fluently, but he's got a perfect French accent, which is possible. Spies can do that. Yep. Um, and he's apparently been here long enough that in the chaos that followed the French Revolution, he's been able to infiltrate to rise right. to this position. Um, but it's, it's interesting that he has this high position and he, they, they actually explain it a little bit for us. They, the, the companions had already deduced he must have an alias. They just didn't know who he was. Right. And he fills in an additional piece and says, well, you must have guessed in order to have this, in order to be useful to England, I'd have to have a high position. Mm-hmm. So uh, not really true, but you know, it, it, it at least fits.
0: Yeah it's it's interesting i mean when you step back and think about it from uh, from outside the story the things that the chief interrogator did the the moral the immorality the 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 the, the crimes the the bad mm-hmm. evil things he did as chief interrogator <laughs> sending people to their death uh for the sake of for the sake of england you know for his duty that that's a serious you know the, not not a, such a
1: sterling reputation on this
0: guy <laughs> oh, so to speak pinch. uh so before he can sail for England and bring his information back, uh, he, he has to find one final piece of information is who is this Paul Barras, uh, this, the guy who is leading the group counter to Robespierre? Who is he meeting with that he's going to put up as the new leader of France? Right. Who is so, going to be the next ruler of France?
1: So Robespierre has learned that Paul Barras, is, who is another official in this uh, national convention, is leading a faction against him and wants to replace him as ruler of France, and he doesn't know who he's going to replace him with, but he's got a meeting coming up um, at a hotel called The Sinking Ship with someone Mm, who is maybe the next ruler.
0: Right. And so he, he can't go because he'll be recognized. He is the chief interrogator. So he convinces Jules and Ian and Barbara to go and to be spies for him at this place and for somehow they, they get the, the, the waitress and the innkeeper to take the night off. Uh, I don't want to speculate too much on what they had to do to him <laughs> yep. uh, and her. Uh, and the, so they kind of take over and they find out, you know, the surprise, surprise, if you know history it's not really that much of a surprise. Uh the the next ruler of France will be Napoleon Bonaparte. And and as anyone who knows you know English history would have known watching this all of this worry about, oh, after after the reign of terror, you know, England has really got to watch out. We've got to let Inc- warn England. Well, <laughs> Napoleon Bonaparte becomes a major pain for all of Europe after this yes. point. Yeah. He almost takes over all of Europe.
1: In fact, they're kind of glossing. I mean, if they and you could say maybe they didn't because history needed to play out naturally. But Barbara, as history teacher, totally could have shortened the plot at this point and says oh I'll tell you exactly who the next ruler of France is going to be <laughs> exactly. here's what he's going to do right exactly.
0: <laughs> uh, so yes it, it turns out yes Webster was right whoever followed the terror would be a problem and so uh and this is the point at which Barbara reiterates what they learned in the Aztecs is that they can't change history you know she she kind of comes right out and says that to to everyone uh and then there's one, the one last thing is, uh they go back to the prison I think to get Susan out, right? Susan is the last one still in the Mm -hmm. jail. Right, that's what uh, Lemaitre was holding over them to get them to go along with him, was he'll he'll let Susan out, but you've got to help me with this last thing. And the doctor, this time, tricks the jailer into releasing all the prisoners in the conciergerie, just as Robespierre is dragged in by the soldiers. Uh, And and in fact, uh, I like the historical accuracy. Because he's he's holding his jaw. He's been shot yeah. in the jaw. Robespierre has. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. That's what happened when they arrested him.
1: So now we know exactly when we are. This is July twenty seventh, seventeen ninety four. The day of Robespierre's fall. He gets shot in the jaw, and then he's executed the next day, July twenty eighth, which we don't see.
0: Right. Thankfully. Uh, <laughs> mm-hmm. So it's so then they get they they escape back to the TARDIS, go back in, and off off they go. On their on their way. So um again, I have to say, I really, I really like this one. I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Uh, there were the, everything worked well. There were no big plot holes. Staring out. I me. there's a few things here and there, like any uh, story will have. But I really enjoyed this one. Uh, yeah. Any any other notes you guys have on this episode?
1: Well, I thought it might be good to talk for just a second about the different ways we experienced it. Because you, oh yeah. So did you listen to the whole thing? You didn't see any of the video.
0: I watched. So on the bbc I, don't, I think it's bbc site or the bbc America. Mm-hmm. i think it's bbc site they had clips uh so of, mm. of select okay. scenes so the scene where robespierre is, t- is brought into the prison uh, at the very end uh there's one where there's the, the the doctor in his finery so a couple things like that okay and then one where they're arrested at the very so one from each of the, the six episodes
1: but but your primary experience was listening to the audio version with right. the linking narration
0: that's correct how, how did that work for you I think it worked great, just like with the Highlanders, although that didn't have linking narration like this. Um, I, I think it worked fine. I was able to follow the story very well. I found it very interesting. They must have had two different audio sources yes. for the recording because mm-hmm. that changed uh, at times. Most of it mm. was fairly good. There was a couple spots where it wasn't as clear, which is fine. Right. It was perfectly eliciting, but there was just it sounded different. Uh, but it was... It was good. It was a little, uh, just about two hours total. You know, Mm -hmm. it's the normal length of the thing, Um, and I enjoyed it listening to it via Audible. I thought that Mm -hmm. I thought it was a a very good format for listening.
2: Father, how did you experience it? I actually uh, had found on Daily Motion someone had posted. You know, Mm Daily Motion is supposedly a legitimate video site, but. You can find shady. stuff like this. A little shady at times. Yeah. Um so, but it, so you watched one of the fan reanimations, one of the fan reconstructions. No, uh like I said, it's kind of a shady site. Um <laughs> it, I, I believe it actually was the DVD.
1: Oh, okay. And then, then I watched the official DVD version, which had four of the episodes just in the standard mm-hmm. video that has survived from Cyprus. And then it had a couple of episodes that were animated. And it was good yeah. animation. You know, it's it's the black and white animation. Yep. The, it it it's impressive for you know the budget that they have um it's a little creepy the people move a little bit like jerry anderson puppets but <laughs> yeah. um but it's 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 actually quite good i i thought it was very nice for the budget they had for it and mm-hmm. made it very easy to watch much mm-hmm. easier than like watching a telesnap reconstruction right right right
0: yeah i i, I was surprised that the telesnaps was one person who did it as a hobby, yeah, although he uh, got paid, he eventually got paid,
2: yeah, but he, started. he did start out as a hobby,
0: yes, yeah, yeah, I thought that was fascinating
1: with his and he invented his own camera mounting
2: device, I guessed,
0: <laughs> mm-hmm. it's like nerds unite, yeah the keeps <laughs> of the world, well we are, just we, I mean, just we the fact we have the
2: audio is kind of like nerds unite, hey let's let's wire up our your know, reel to real recorder to the the audio output yeah. of the t v Because it didn't have, you know, like the line out like your modern TV does. They'd actually have to either hold the microphone to the speaker or actually go into the TV and tap into the speaker leads.
1: And that's how we got the really good fan audio that most of these are based on. Yep.
0: Now, it's probably another discussion entirely. In fact, it is. But I just want to mention this is an interesting argument in the the larger argument about copyright and uh, encryption of commercially available uh, entertainment right. like this uh, today where they 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 encrypt it they don't want us to copy it or or record it when in fact well, it was, this is the way we've saved a lot of the stuff that is and, that we it, have. and
2: it was an argument back then if if you watch i can't remember what video i think it might be that same guy that did the uh, episode or the episode about the lost or the youtube video about the lost episodes where he talks about how the bbc was actually upset about the telesnaps yeah. They were not happy about this. They weren't happy about the audio recordings. And now of course they're they're very grateful for them because they're able now to they help can them make money recover them. Yeah, exactly. Yes, they're making but, lots of money. But they didn't even they didn't even want the audio recordings or the telesnaps originally, you know. And so it, yeah, it it's kind of interesting. And it, it'll be interesting going forward where so much more of the these TV shows and everything are available in different formats. But could we get to a point where maybe some stuff that's being produced today would be lost? Except someone has their Plex server set up somewhere, you know, Plex right. is your like your whole media server,
1: and that's the thing. There's there's so much media being produced now that if they would make it all available, the, at you know at market prices, the pirate market would vanish. Yeah, but the yeah. thing is they're not making it all available at commercial market prices. Well, I mean, that's and-
0: uh, yeah, the, that's why you don't have uh, what was it, LimeWire and Napster mm-hmm. and other pirated music anymore because they made it all available
2: yeah well and there's there are shows from like the 70s and 80s and yeah they're very little known shows they're shows that people really didn't watch to begin with but if you did want to go back and watch them assuming maybe you could find vhs copies from 30 years ago they don't exist
1: exactly or you know someone's converted their vhs copy into a youtube video and you can Mm -hmm. watch it that way
2: well i gotta tell you
0: like this is we're really going far afield but one of the things that we that is not commercially viable really are the ads from when we were all kids that mm-hmm. you can all find on YouTube now because someone recorded a show on their v h s yes. tape and no they weren't trying to get the ads, but the ads are there and now they can put them online and we can all go, do you remember that ad for what's you know such and such yeah, an alka I can
1: seltzer dro-
0: or, yeah. or what if I found, like these old Washington mutual insurance ads of this crazy guy eating like <laughs> day old uh convenience store sushi you know and it was hysterical and i wanted oh, to yeah. show my kids
2: or and- time to make the donuts <laughs> exactly.
0: I mean, I really I, yeah.
1: yeah i remember time to make the donuts i sometimes say that to myself when i'm getting ready to go call a dance
0: exactly <laughs> <laughs> all right we're, we're way off topic now so let's get back to I do want to read that. Uh, I did remember the feedback. Yes, yeah, so we got feedback, Dom. Let's
1: not forget to read by, that. By the way, before we do the feedback, I just wanted to yeah. mention, it'll be a while before we do our next William Hartnell episode, but I'm yes. really looking forward to the next William Hartnell episode that we're going to review because it's Planet of the Giants. It's yes. the opener of season two. It's a, it's a, it is a. It's It is the kind of episode that is so inventive and you would not see for decades again there was a lot mm. of experimentation in the early days of doctor yeah. who before it kind of settled into its groove and it this is one of the outside of the box episodes or serials nice. um we don't see anything like it again until peter capaldi's 11th doctor
0: really mm. Mm. interesting I'll, I'll be look yeah i'll look forward to that uh all right so uh, we did have some uh feedback on let's see uh, episode 124 utopia which was we with those first of those three final episodes from season 3 of new who and the 10th doctor and so kelly brown posted on i think it was i think this was from facebook she said uh i always was always fascinated with the scene when martha tells the doctor that yana professor yana has a fob watch i loved how david tennant played it it was as if he didn't want to believe another time lord could be around but there was also an element of fear as if he suspected it could be the master As if he was thinking, if any other Time Lord survived, it would have to be the Master. So, very interesting. Yes, I mean, considering how things were left with the Master from Classic Who, Mm -hmm. uh, that that could see where that would be both exciting and scary for him at the same time. And then from uh, episode 125, the very next episode, The Sound of Drums, Nick Sends uh, sent this uh, via Twitter. Just a thought. I think the use of the term President-elect of the United States is an erroneous attempt by the writers at giving the the President of the United States a formal sounding title they may have thought it to mean the duly elected president mm. not elected but not yet sworn in
1: hmm it's possible it certainly would explain why they keep referring to him as the president when as the president elect he would not be and would not be functioning right. in this capacity right on the other hand the term elect used in this sense is a british term i mean it is part of british english um I know that because in Gilbert and Sullivan's opera The Mikado uh towards uh towards the end uh, at the at the in the finale um Yum Yum and uh and Nanki-Poo have gotten married and they're talking to the Mikado the emperor of Japan and uh, it's been revealed that Nanki-Poo is the son of the Mikado and now that he's married Yum-Yum, Yum-Yum is not just his daughter-in-law elect, but his daughter-in-law elected. Mm. Interesting. So, yes. or he's gone and married Yum-Yum. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we are in a Gilbert and Sullivan mood today, folks. <laughs> like, all right. Oh, I was
1: I was thinking earlier about, you know, all the stuff with Susan and how she keeps impeding the plot.
2: For reasons
1: of budget and it's like slow the plot down laddie slow the plot down yay hey slow the plot down we'll scuttle the story and run her aground give us some time
0: to slow the plot down if we ever did outtakes i would certainly
2: uh include that in our outtakes
0: (laughs) someday All right, so with that, I'd like to take a moment to thank our patrons who make it possible for Jimmy to sing us uh, some pastiches on Gilbert and Sullivan, and to create The Secrets of Doctor Who, including Aaron W., Brooke K., Joel L., Pamela F., and Daniel S. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue The Secrets of Doctor Who and all the shows at Starquest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. And that's it from us. What did you think of The Reign of Terror? Have you been able to watch or listen to it? Uh, are you interested in, in doing so? And if you have, let us know what you think and what you think about our commentary. Go to sqpn.com or the Secrets of Doctor Who Facebook page and leave us some feedback there or send an email to Who at sqpn.com. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the 2007 Christmas special, Voyage of the Damned, Ooh. starring David Tennant, and a little uh famous song songbird, shall we say, another another singer in a Christmas special. Until then, Father cory Stika, thank you for joining me in sharing the secrets of Doctor Who.
2: I'm glad to be here, and thanks, Dom
0: and Jimmy Aiken. Thank you as well. Thanks, Dom, and once again, I'm Dom Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to the secrets of Doctor Who on StarQuest. And remember, I'm rather tired of your insinuations that I am not master of this podcast. Right!
2: This is gonna be fun!